everybody. Welcome to, to the Talking Animation Podcast. And this is a show where we like to talk about indie animated films or obscure animation. And this week, we're, or I should say, this month, we are having a lot of fun because we are talking about animation as film festivals. So we're talking about a ton of uh, different animated films. And uh, I wasn't able to attend, but I did get to see some of the films. And uh, my friend Stanford was able to attend, so I was so jealous. Uh, but uh, but I was so happy for you that you got to go. Well, thanks, Rachel. Uh, yeah, you know, I've been wanting to go to this festival for years, and you inspired me to be able to go this year. I'm sorry that I'm sorry you weren't there, because uh, I I think you would have been just as good as you said it's been in the past. Uh, I, well, I've been so I've only been one time before. Uh, but my friend, our friend Cameron, who's been on the show a couple times, uh, he raved and raved about it. And so I'd been wanting to go. So I went last year and it was a great experience. But this year, since I got home from the New York Film Festival on the 17th, I just couldn't make another trip happen on, you know, the 20th, basically, is what I would have had to do. Uh, so that, you know, just in a couple days, that would have just been, it was just too much. Yeah, oh yeah. Especially with Christmas movies starting. Oh my gosh, weekend. Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you'd, how the you'd kick do off, that. The kickoff for Countdown to Christmas uh, <laughs> was the 20th, so yeah. All right. Or 21st, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... It just, I had to let it go. It wasn't going to happen. But I hope I can go next year. Yes. Uh, I can hopefully go to the early part of New York Film Festival because uh, it's a long festival. That's one of the, yeah, I guess, pluses or minuses. Long. If you live in New York, it's probably a great plus. Right. Because you can just kind of catch movies as you can with your work schedule or whatever. Yeah. But... And you don't have to do like, it's Sundance where you're watching five, six movies just a so day. Intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, it's you just watch one or two maybe, and uh, and so that's good. But yeah, the press screenings for uh, for New York Film Festival start on the twenty sixth, and it goes uh, it goes until the seventeenth. So it's a long festival. Yeah. So most people kind of pick parts that they're going to go to. I picked the later part because my friend uh, who I was staying with, who was so kind to let me stay on her couch. I'm so grateful. Uh, but uh, that was the more convenient time for her. So that's what I picked. And, uh, and so it was great. And I had a great experience. So, you know, I can't complain too loudly. <laughs> so many festivals, so little time. I know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, I'm so excited to talk with you about yeah. this. And thanks for having me on again. Did, did you kind of plan? Was it sort of last minute? That's That was the vibe I kind of got. Or, or it was know? last minute. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I thought I was hoping that I could go. And then uh, tickets became available, and then I just was just kind of evaluating my schedule and my budget and whatnot, and just thinking, mm -hmm. well, I think uh, I think this is probably the year to do it. So I was able to get tickets to the things I wanted to see, and then got yeah. my plane ticket, and you know, was was off. Yeah, and part of the reason why I only ended up getting to see three of the movies was my own fault. They were so kind, so generous to have this virtual film festival. But I thought that it was a, that they had made this statement about how the festival was going to be two weekends this year instead of one, and and so uh, because they were doing um what's the movie? They're, they're showing doing? Guillermo del Toro's uh, yes. Pinocchio. Uh, uh, as we're recording, they're showing it's it's tonight. Yes. Yeah. And October so I 29th. thought that the virtual also lasted the the two weeks and not just the one week, and that was my own fault. I've just been so busy. Like a chicken with his yeah. head cut off, running around. Like, yeah. And so I thought, oh, I've got more time. I've got more time. And so I could have watched a few more of these. I had the codes, uh, but uh, but my own mistake. So I'm excited to hear from you about them. But I did get a couple watched. So anyway, all the long and short of it. Uh, overall, what did you think of the festival? Oh, I loved it. I yeah. absolutely loved it. I had, I had, I had so much fun. And yeah. just saw wonderful films from all around the world. And just just thoroughly enjoyed enjoyed myself. Mm -hmm. As you mentioned, if I'm not mistaken, Rachel, typically the festival is just over a weekend, right? It's yeah. kind of like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They added on this Pinocchio one after I had even bought the tickets, but I couldn't have made it back down for a second weekend, you know, yeah. uh, sch schedule and everything wise. But uh, 
they had uh, the and uh, so the you know the first the initial weekend of films was at the TCL Chinese Theater Multiplex, which is right next door to yeah, and that's where you yours was too, right? Yeah, same last year, yeah. And then the just FYI, the Pinocchio screen tonight is actually at the Samuel Goldwyn Theater, which is run oh, by okay. the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. So uh, there's a ton of hype for that movie. Uh, people are talking. Could it be a Best Picture nominee? Yeah. I mean, things I haven't heard about in an animated film for quite a while. Yeah, and it's sold. That screening sold out. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, I, I, I'm excited, and I'm so glad that we get to, you know, we'll get to see it. I, I'd like to see it on the big screen. Yeah, I think it is getting a very short limited run, like run. a week or two weeks or something like that. Yeah, I know they're doing a, a critic screening at least. Yeah. So I, I will hopefully get a chance to see it on the big screen, which will be really exciting. Yeah, I'm, exci- I'm excited about it. And I was kind of bummed that I couldn't see it, you know, at the festival. But, yeah. you know, I was happy to, I mean, I saw a lot, Rachel. So I saw eight mm-hmm. films total. Mm-hmm. I guess technically six films and then two work in progress presentations. And then you also saw Nightmare. And then I went, yeah. It's, it's just right? like at the very end, of the, the last night on Sunday night, I went. And saw the late show at the uh, El Capitan oh. across the street, and saw the Nightmare Before Christmas. Because I just cool. thought that would be that would be kind of a fun way to mm-hmm. end end the animation weekend. I like that. I like that film, and I love, love, love the El Capitan Theater. So uh, I'd like to go there one of these days. Oh my gosh, you gotta go! <laughs> and you know, for sure. I mean, just I mean, clearly they're all Disney movies that play there. Either Disney, you know. Or anything released from all Disney Studios, you know, Marvel, uh, Star Wars. I think that they're going to be playing Avatar there, too. You know, so the 20th Century Fox, the big those the, the big tentpole, all these picks mm-hmm. from them will probably be playing there too. But you know, they've got a Warlister organ, and the it's just it's it, it's 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 beautiful, and then also just beautiful presentation. This this night before Christmas, I guess I don't mean to put the car before the horse, but they 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 were saying it's in 4D. Mm-hmm. So no. it was a 3D screening, you know, and I quite like oh, that 3D. 3D. Have you seen Nightmare Before Christmas in 3D? I don't think I have. Yeah, I, I can't remember what year. At, uh, my one of my, or no, it was me. I was going to say one of my friends rented out at the. It was me. I rented yes. out the theater. It was you. In fact, I think <laughs> I, I was there. Me. Yeah, I think you were there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't show the 3D and then, one. And then we did Iron Giant too. Yes, I rented that. That was which really was so fun. fun. Yeah, that was really cool. Uh, you were so nice to do that. And nice to include <laughs> me. Thank you. Well, yeah. the, the Nightmare Before Christmas one, I actually won in like a oh, Cinemark right. giveaway. <laughs> so just... that was very nice yeah. of them. So, Rachel, I can't remember the year, but but they, you know, Disney remastered it in 3D. And I saw it in Salt Lake, you know, just some, uh, you know, yeah. Jordan Commons or someplace. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I feel it's like a that really was nice... the thing of like the early to mid two thousands. That I, sounds I right. Wrong, but I mean, they went on a streak where they were doing. They went on a streak because they did Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I quite liked this, and I thought they did a really nice job in three D. It looked great, and then they have a lot of in theater effects at the El Capitan, oh, that's fun. which make it quote unquote four D, and they're mostly lighting effects. Uh-huh. But they've got like ghosts that they'll project on the, or different things they were projecting on the ceiling, or oh, that's cool. you know, the when when Jack goes to Christmas Land, uh, or Christmas Town, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, uh, the uh, there's all these Christmas lights that appear in the theater. So, so anyway, it's fine. Oh, you know, it's yeah. it's a little it's a little they charge Immersive. premium prices, but. I, I I I love the El Capitan. I hope you get a chance to go there. Love, love, love it. Anyway, I, I digress. Yeah. But um, so the yeah. opening night film rage was Wendell and Wild. Yes. So this is of course uh, by director Henry Selick. He hadn't made a movie in thirteen years. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. right. And he was yeah. there. This he was, was there. the. This was uh, I think the U.S. premiere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is going to be. This is currently on Netflix uh, as of recording, so anybody can watch it. Uh, And uh, it's about this little girl named Kat, who, uh, what do they call it? That uh, she comes in contact with a um, hell maiden. 
Yeah. Right? It's Almaiden. Almaiden. (laughs) (laughs) And you have Wendell and Wild. These are demons, basically, that they... She makes a deal with them to try to get her parents back because her parents passed away at the beginning of the movie in a car crash. Uh, and she so, and she feels like she's to blame. I mean, she right. kind of is because she sort of distracted <laughs> them because she had a worm. Yeah, but who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Yeah, do that I mean, if you had a worm in your apple. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, overall, what did you think about this? You know, it's not. Really, it wasn't my. Uh, wasn't my jam. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> the best way to say it. I, I, it was fun to see a new film by Henry Selleck because you know he's just so iconic and and I think with 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 in, within the animation community mm-hmm. and again because he hadn't made a film for so long, of course he's collaborating with the It Boys, um, Key and Peele, and and they were there. Although Jordan Peele didn't come into the screening, but I saw that they they were pictures of him on the red carpet. I didn't see him, but. But Keenan Michael Key was there, but of course Henry Selleck. One of the things that was interesting about this, Rachel, though, and and you you probably saw this too, but Henry Selleck used uh, used an illustrator, so a guy who doesn't work in animation at all, but he does illustrations like for newspapers and magazines, uh, named uh, Pablo Lobato, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure where he's from. If he's from Europe or Latin America, but he, he's, he's really, I think where the film gets its in combination of course of Henry Selleck, but where the film really gets its distinctive style. If you look, I found his Instagram and if you look at his pictures, you can think, Oh yeah, I can see how he, you know, it's like he, he made these creations for, for the key and peel characters, AKA, you know, Wendell and wild that, uh, you know, they tried to emulate within within the stop motion. I mean, with, within the actual puppets, you know. And so, uh, you know, it, there was some stuff that was fun. I know that, and Henry Selleck talked about this too, because there's is one of the things, you know, that I think we both had commented that we love about this festival is that there's the, with the Q and A, you know, that's the, 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 the after yeah. the after the, the film screening is always so interesting, but. Henry Selleck talked about how he's very attracted to uh, creating films that combine scary elements with funny and emotional elements. And, you know, I think we can see that, like, of course, with The Nightmare Before Christmas, but also really with Coraline. You know, that, uh, that I think, has a real scary sense to it as well. Or I, Would you call it scary, Rach? I mean, what, is that the right word? I mean, that's the word that Henry Selleck used, but... Uh, Anyway, um, that, uh, so, but I, you know, well, and Wendell and Wild just really didn't, <laughs> didn't really flow my boat for a lot of reasons. What did you think about it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much of my own personal disappointment kind of goes into this, that I was really looking forward to it. I mean, I was somewhat not in love with the trailers, so maybe I, I shouldn't have been so disappointed, but I thought that I would at least enjoy the animation more than I did if I'm being blunt. Yeah. Um I I I thought the story was messy. Uh it it, it, was it, so it instead of having instead of having Cat and Wendell and Wild together, they really weren't together for hardly any of the film. Mm-hmm. And and so you don't get any sense of like momentum. You're constantly flipping back and forth between between Wendell and Wild and their shenanigans with their with Bears Above and other kind of things going on, and then you've got everything going on with Cat at the school and with the um, uh, the Hell Maiden nun and the Mean Girls, and it just felt messy to me. The script, yeah, I, I thought the script it, was messy. It was convoluted, and you know the whole and it's just so many subplots. So many subplots, and it was really—it just made it hard to get invested in her character, yeah. And, or, or to Wendell Wilds. Either one, it was just kind of—I was just like, so, and because it was so messy, it kind of became dull, and I was just not invested in the story. Yeah, you know that that subplot that goes on and on about the uh, the prison developers, you know. Oh yeah. Ugh. That. 
you're just like, what is this really? I mean, it kind of all came together at some point, but it reminded me in a way, it made me think of, you know, with, with Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which we mm-hmm. you know recently watched and talked about. Yeah. Uh, that film successfully weaves different sort of subplots or things all together, you know, in one. Like with the whole thing about the Cloverleaf freeway, you know, and and whatnot. Yeah. But it works. Because, you know, in a sense, it follows, follows through where this was just, it just felt like stuff was getting thrown in, and I'm with you. None, none of it really came together or made uh, sense or really just wasn't pleasing, yeah. you know? Well, and, and Roger Rabbit, like, Bob Hoskins is in, like, 90% of that movie. Yeah. I mean, almost every scene. And so you have that sort of narrator, narrator thread through the story to to become invested in his character and then of course roger's character uh but this it just felt like i was a, it was like a ping pong match between yeah. these two sets and and then also so i know there's this designer that you talked about but one of the great things about henry Selick's animation whether it's james and giant peach or Coraline or uh, nightmare before christmas is even though they're dark and there's a dark sensibility to all of his movies. There's usually some whimsy, and the the stop motion animation has a like tactile, uh, like a feeling that you can reach out and touch it, uh, kind of a quality. It feels like a real character. When we just talked about Kubo uh, the other day about how you know there's definitely some CG in Kubo, but there's still the puppets and, and there's a earthy quality to it. It grounds mm-hmm. the picture. Um, this, I felt like there was a lot of CG going yeah, on. Yeah, I did too. I um, did too. And every background felt like CG. I'm, I'm sure that's not true, but it just felt kind of plasticky and it felt, I was just missing that charm and that whimsy. I thought almost every character was kind of ugly and that's just obviously personal taste. I mean, Kat has her moments where she's cute, but, uh, but I don't know. I just was missing that whimsy and that fantasy and that stop motion tactileness that I love, uh, in stop motion, whether it's the Wes Anderson stop motion or whether, you know, whereas like in like those Wes Anderson stop motion where you can see like all the little details in the background that have been created by the puppeteers uh, that look tactile and real. And, you know, you'll see like little items on a shelf, you know, or on, yeah. that have been created or on a mantle or something like that. Uh, you know, with Ardman, it's the same way. Even a movie that I didn't love, like Early Man, I can still enjoy watching it because... I can see all the time that went into crafting, like the yes. the uh, the stadiums and the the throne, you know, the room that's uh, kind of a throne type room, or or you know, just things like that 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 are just really fun for an animation fan like myself. And I just rarely had that that experience watching this. And I understand that all stop motion uses CG. I get that, but I just felt like this one was missing the artistry that I love in Henry Selick's films. And again, his movies are always dark, but something like Coraline is full of heart and charm, and uh, and I love it. I really love that movie. And so I was, I was just, I was disappointed. I really mm-hmm. wanted to love it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. It was, it was not. Uh... Not my thing, you know. The, the crowd, a lot of people sitting around me, had worked on the film, right. yeah, because I could just the way you could hear these conversations <laughs> going on, and and so it almost felt like, and and there was a lot of enthusiasm in the room, and I think part of it was because they were a little starstruck because Henry Salick was there, of course, sure, and, sure, and 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 Keenan Michael Key and whatnot. But uh, the uh, I wondered if I had attended another screening, you know, that just was more just kind of moviegoers yeah. you know if they would have been as enthusiastic yeah uh, i mean because i the the pretty much everyone i know out of tiff didn't like it of my friends and stuff like my friend scott menzel he warned me he was like you're not gonna like it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i and it is hard in those like i told i tell people all the time that don't trust festivals yeah <laughs> because it's, it's hard true. when 
that hype is out there and the people are sitting right there and all of that it's mm-hmm. it can be can be tough i i feel like i've done sundance enough times that i've like i'm cold and yeah feeling yeah no, and, you know and and i guess in my own small way same here rachel because again you know i'm by no means as experienced uh, as you are with this but the uh uh I didn't feel like I fell for the hype. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, there was fu- there was fun energy, and I enjoyed that. But I also was just thinking, "Dang, I wish this movie had been better." You know, yeah, I wish I, I wish even, I had liked this movie better. You even said in your social media, you were like, "It was not a favorite of mine." <laughs> I didn't love it. Yeah, so I, I didn't was love like, it. Oh, "Okay." I didn't love it. Uh, yeah, I gave it a very low score. I had started on on letter. I haven't written my review yet, but I I had given it one and a half stars, which I put bumped it up to two, but I just I found it a tough watch. Yeah. And a friend of mine was saying that he um stopped halfway through, and I was like, I kind of oh, get it. If, I, if you're not like an animation critic, if you're not a, there's no reason for you to finish it. Yeah. Like I kind of get it. It was messy. Yep. So not to start off on a dour note, but, um, but still, and you know, but you know, it's also just as, as a side note too, something that I think you and I both appreciate. You know, Leonard Malton was there in the audience, oh, yeah? so that was cool. Uh, that is cool. He was sitting on the row in front of me, and I wanted to nerd out and talk to him, and get a selfie, but I left him alone. He was pretty. You know, there were a lot of people around yeah. him. And then I got a picture with him at D twenty three. Yeah, so see, no, I was thinking about that. It was just so cool. <laughs> him and, and Jesse, uh, that was fun. Um, but yeah, he, and Jesse wasn't there. He was just he was just with by himself. Mm-hmm. It looked like, but uh, and and there might have been some other kind of higher profile or celebrity people in the room that I just didn't get to see. But yeah, but uh, anyway, that that was also for me. Other than, well, we'll get to the, the set of film, but that one probably was the biggest crowd. Okay. Was 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 yeah. was Wendell and Wild too? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, then you saw a early presentation of Strange World. Yes. Next. So that or now, so that was fr- Friday night was Wendell and Wild, and Saturday morning uh, was yeah this work in progress they call, were calling it of Strange World, and really it was just like a presentation with some clips <laughs> shown. It wasn't yeah. like I was kind of hoping that we would see some unfinished animation or oh. or not but all the animation they showed was finished what they told us was just that the there might be some additional sound and music added when okay. we see when we see the they, finished product they did the same thing for Encanto yeah i was going to ask year. you because it just yeah. it seemed to me that's what i remembered you telling me that that's we what they did to, for Encanto last year yeah we got to see the whole family madrigals number Fun. Okay, the, that opening yeah, number. Opening, yeah, opening number, and I feel like one other thing, but I can't remember. Uh, but uh, but a lot of the backstory of them going to Colombia and uh, all of that and their trips and you know that kind of thing that was behind the scenes. So it was really fun, and I know that you and I have been a little bit like I don't know a little bit about this movie. We're unsure. Yeah, we're always going to be excited about the next Disney canon film. But uh, but how did you feel about it after this pre- presentation? Much more uh, optimistic. Mm. So uh, the presentation was producer Roy Conley. He was the only he was he was just there by himself. I mean, he had some support people there out, mm-hmm. you know, the audience, and also someone running the slides for him, and the you know, and the, yeah, and the yeah. film. But but yeah, it wasn't like he brought up other people on the stage or anything. It was just him. Oh, okay. and. And you know I've, you know, from familiar with Roy, I've, I've seen. I haven't seen. I don't think I've ever seen him in person, but maybe I have a D twenty three or something. But you know, he's done a lot. It doesn't. He started first. Started. He started as a producer. His background actually is in live theater, but he joined Disney as a producer. Uh, his first film that he worked on was The Hunchback of, of, of Notre Dame, and then he's mm-hmm. been there ever since. Oh, cool. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of what most recently were. I know for sure he 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 was. Uh, one of the producers on Tangled, if I'm not mistaken, okay. he was on mm-hmm. Tangled, uh, and Big Hero Six. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of what else he what else he tells. Anyway, I mean, of course, we can IMDb IMDb him, but yeah. but uh, you say that it was an incredible person who's been close to the production. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, and so he had a slide. He had a slide deck, and 
showed us, you know, just gave us a real, uh, a pretty good overview of what this movie is going to be about. So uh, it's directed by Don Hall. Uh, and also, and I am so sorry about, I'm saying, I'm going to say, I'm going to butcher his name, Kui Nguyen. Kui, oh, yeah. m- most likely, he's a playwright and, you know, and a screenwriter. And he uh, was involved with Raya and the Last Dragon at, at you know, Walt yeah, Disney Animation yeah. Studios. He, if I'm not mistaken, he was a writer and he might have been a co-director on that too. But for sure he was a writer. And I think he also, I'm not sure how much he did with Encanto, but for sure he was uh, he was on uh, Raya. Uh, and they're going, they were going for an adventure film that was reminiscent of like H.G. Wells or Edgar Rice Burroughs books. So it's an original story. And he, Roy said that the main thing that they were really, like the theme that they were looking for in the movie is a person's legacy. And what, what does that mean? Uh, you know, what kind of legacy are you leaving to your children, to your, to your family, to your community? You know, just, just this, this whole theme about legacy. And then he went to explain in more detail the story, which is about three generations of the, the clade family. So C-L-A-D-E is, you know, so um, the main character is played or voice, excuse me, by Jake Gyllenhaal. His name is Searcher Clade. And you know, and I've talked about, I think about this character, the character design of, of, of these. And again, kind of, we're not, again, we're not sure about what we think <laughs> of the character design of these films uh, or of this film. But I, I, seeing that, so again, so we've got Searcher Clade and then his son, Searcher Clade's son, who is. Are you a fan of Rachel's reviews? Do you look forward to Family Movie Night, Female Film Critics Panels, or the Talking Disney Podcast? If so, please consider supporting the podcast by becoming a patron. As a patron, you get to access monthly events such as the watch-alongs and Q&As, where you get to talk to stars and find out the behind the scenes of the movie making industry. And you can pick what I review for Family Movie Night or even become a guest on the podcast. Podcasts and YouTube channels are expensive and I really, really could use your help. I would so appreciate it. You also get to be a member of the Facebook group where we talk about all the films that we're seeing and we have so much fun. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies and select one of the Rachel's fan tiers. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. And what happens is they're, they're on a different, I think they're on like a different planet. I can't, or, uh, mm-hmm. But it's not, but that's not necessarily, it's, it's almost like journey to the center of the earth, but they're not on earth, right? And the grandpa gets lost, right? Well, what happens, so the grandpa is this great explorer and he, uh, they, when Jaeger, excuse me, when Searcher, who's the voice, who's Jake Gyllenhaal, the main character, is a young, younger child, they, they are going on this big excursion and Jaeger decides to go forward while the rest of the group goes back. And Jaeger is never heard from again or up until, you know, the movie mm-hmm. gets going. Something is, ha- something is happening with the climate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so they go under, they, they bring in Searcher. And it's, and it's a character named Lucy Liu, who I think is like the president of, of, uh, the, you know, this, 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 this country or where, you know, wherever they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, she's the one who's got that big funky spaceship that we see in the trailers. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. That big kind of green spaceship. So she enlists, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal to come help. He's I guess he's got the skills and plus it's his dad, you know, anyone know, but I don't think they're necessarily looking for the dad. They're, they're trying to go figure out what is happening, uh, you know, inside the inside this planet to to make these you know, cause these problems and and uh the boy the the son as well as the dog that they have and it's a three-legged dog so the dog has only got, only got three legs and 
it's, it was very interesting. They showed some animation tests on him, how they've animated this dog. And, you know, it looks like it's also the dog steals the show. One of those two. You know how, yeah. how good Disney is with their animal sidekicks. <laughs> or can be so good yeah. at their animal sidekicks. So what was it that kind of won you over that got you hyped? So uh, this set, so they, 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 they get reconnected with, with the dad, the Dennis Quaid character. As they when they go into you know mm-hmm. under into the quote unquote strange world, and it so it's a combination of the adventure looks really cool. What what the animate what what director Don Hall and, and did was he he just challenged the animators to be as creative as possible, and and that's like all that all those crazy like flying creatures and pink plants and all the mm-hmm. stuff that we see that's that's really just like the creativity of the animators mm-hmm. kind of letting them go yeah, wild that and, part of it kind of reminded me a little bit of the crudes like the first crudes, yeah where yeah all of the the uh, prehistoric creature designs that they did very creative and so the scenes that, that they showed rachel they showed like six segments mm-hmm. and most of them were action scenes and I just thought that, that I, I, you know, I'm a sucker for a good action scene. And mm-hmm. so they all looked very, they were exciting and interesting and humorous. And, and also I just loved the idea about this. It's that it's going to be, a, it's really like a father son movie. Mm-hmm. And so of course that's something that's appealing to me. I don't yeah. know if it's going to be appealing to everybody, yeah. but, but that's that knowing that, Made it. Oh, okay. I, I get it now. I kind of get the posters now because I don't like the. I don't really like this campaign. Yeah, something uh, great. But but the posters have the three male characters. You know, mm-hmm. it's Jaeger, Clay, Dennis Quaid, Searcher, Clay, yeah. Jalen Hall, well, and, then, and, and you know, Ethan Clay by Jabuki. Yeah, I mean, and the posters for Tangled were terrible. So you never know. And that's one of my favorites. <laughs> so you never know. <laughs> you never know. We might all be. We might all be surprised. Of course, <laughs> of course, Roy Conley is not going to be downplaying it. He's trying to get everybody sure, sure, pumped sure. up. So, but and, and I, I, I don't know about other people in the because I didn't talk to anybody. I was just really just kind of a loner and just, just mm-hmm. you know, did my thing. And also, what was interesting to me, Rachel, is that that's, that that this work in progress screening was not crowded. There were probably only like thirty people yeah. there, and I'm kind of like, what the heck? Because that to me was like the draw. <laughs> You know, that's, I, yeah, that's really. Interesting. I was much more interested in seeing this than I was in seeing Wendell and Wild. You know, but um, yeah. one other just other side note, I think I thought I saw a tweet like before the festival started that that they had opened up that screening to D twenty three members if they wanted to, you know, pay the fifteen bucks mm-hmm. or whatever and and go to the. I just wonder if also like. People are so scared of spoilers these days that maybe like the idea of a first look is actually kind of yeah not that appealing. I don't know. Was there? Uh, well, let's talk about uh, the Puss in Boots. Uh, uh, the last wish. yeah was and just was one other thing. Crowded, that I saw, if I could, if I could, just about Strange yeah. Strange World. I don't believe that they gave any. They were careful about spoilers too. I mean, just as far. But mm-hmm. I thought they gave enough of the plot, and also we learned early on that. They they get reunited with the you know with the Dennis Quaid character with 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 uh, Searcher Clay's dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that's that you know. So that's if, if they were trying to keep that secret, it's not it's not you know. Yeah, but <laughs> anyway. I just wonder if that's maybe why some people are like. Oh yeah, why they don't want to go? Yeah, they're nervous yeah. about that because people get so worked up about that yeah. these days. Uh, but uh, were there more people at the Puss in Boots? Yes, there oh, were more people. Part of it, though, I think, again, because it was like, so the, the Strange World one started at 11 a.m. on Saturday, which isn't necessarily early, but, you know, it was the first screening of the day. So, yeah. and then Puss and Boots started at 1, mm-hmm. and I wonder if that was part of it. But also, they had just more people from DreamWorks there. Mm. Uh, they did a panel, the director, Joel Crawford, you know, led this panel of like six other uh, artists and 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 technology people, you know, that were that were on this panel, and then there was more. I just I think there was more people there, and I didn't feel like it was just because 
more people weren't necessarily interested in it. I just think that, you know, there were plenty of DreamWorks people there. And then mm-hmm. also just a little later on in the day, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So for Puss in Boots, they showed the first 30 minutes. Oh. And so basically we saw all of Act 1. And uh, and then and then we had this, you know, this panel, this panel discussion, which was very, which was very interesting. The main takeaway, Rach, you know, we've talked about how, how appealing the animation looks. Yeah. And of course that was very intentional. What they what, what director Joel Crawford was referring to it as was a fairy tale painting mm. and they wanted, they wanted it to look different. And, and they thought, what if we tried to make a painting, you know, come to life and, uh, they and they worked really hard on it, and and I think that they were successful. Uh, yeah, and also I mean, because I, the trailers looked very appealing to me, and I laugh every time. I've seen, I mean, I've seen that trailer a hundred times, and I still laugh every time. So I think okay. And then a lot of the jokes from you know from Act One are in the trailer, but still, uh, it's it, 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 it. I thought I got off to a very promising start and i'm really excited about this film oh that's so cool i love the animation i think it looks beautiful yeah it's beautiful and i've said for years that i think that uh puss in boots as a character and antonio banderas as the voice actor is one of the best uses of celebrity voice casting oh amen no question any animated film it's so like yeah, you know, people I may have different feelings about uh, about his first Puss in Boots movie or or the Sh- you know, Shrek movie season, but uh, but I I enjoyed him well enough and, and but I think that the character is very well done and I think his voice is perfect. Yeah. For the part. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> so that makes me very excited. Yeah. All right. Well, next you saw My Father's Dragon. Yes. And this is the Cartoon Saloon uh, presentation there. And uh, you, uh, was Nora Toomey there? Yes. So Nora Toomey was there. Um, The director. Writer Meg Lafave, if I'm saying her name right, was there. And in fact, I was sitting next to her, what I believe was her husband and her family. Mm -hmm. And she then sat like, so she sat like two seats away from me. And I talked with her after the movie and she's like, I was using you as my gauge, my gauge for how people were, you know. (laughs) Aww. Liking this movie, and I don't know, that's not good and bad, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> not that it's a bad movie, it's just I was kind of sitting there, and some I don't, you know, I don't know, I don't feel like I was being that expressive. I was just more like, oh, taking it in. So, yeah, but you know, what was interesting, just a little interesting backstory about this film Meg was the one, she and her, her writing partner at the time, it sounded like they're no longer collaborating together, and I didn't get the person's name, although I'm sure we can look it up. Uh, were, Purchased the rights to this film or to the story. It's it's based on a children's book that was you know published years ago, and so she was the one who was she shot this project to different animation studios, and Cartoon Saloon and Netflix were the ones who bit on it. And mm-hmm. initially, Tom Moore was I think co-directing, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, it all got turned over to um, uh, Nora, Nora, right? I'm, I'm saying her name right. Uh, yeah, I think it, to me. I think. Nora Toomey, yeah. To me, yeah. And so uh, anyway, go on, please. Yeah. So I've seen this, this one. I got to see yeah. a screener and I really enjoyed it. I, I, I don't know if you agree, but I felt like this one is more for little kids oh, than some of the other I, cartoons. I agree 100%. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, that's what I thought. This was really almost, almost for pre, uh, preschool. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, I mean, kind of there are a few moments of, like, deeper themes that might be a little hard for pre, preschool uh, when you're talking about, like, not being able to, like, poverty and, and loss and things like that. But those have always been a part of animated films. So, yeah. uh, so, but I, I, other than those moments, I guess that might have to be managed by a parent, uh, that a kid might get a little upset. Uh, most of the movie, 99% of the movie is very sweet, very whimsical, uh, has very sweet characters. The animation feels 
for for younger kids, which I, I I think that's great. I think we should make more movies that engage younger children. I don't oh yeah, for that. sure. But that was just something that compared to certainly compared to the breadwinner, her previous film, which was very heavy. Heavy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but good. I loved it. Oh, it was an um, excellent film. Yeah, yeah. But, but this one was just way more magical and sweet. And uh, yeah, and just yeah. you know, whims whimsical. I, uh, I was just. I mean, and what I told uh, the writer, you know, what I told Meg was, uh, I was kind of entranced by it. Yeah, because. Just, just the, the the color palette was lovely, and the animation, you know, it was done in a two D style with whatever mm -hmm. tools they were using. Mm -hmm. But uh, they, you know, one of the things that I loved about, like, you know, let's say the Book of Kells or yeah. Song of the Sea, was the simplicity yet the depth of the animation and the yeah. complexity of it. And I didn't feel like this had any of the complexity. And I don't mean that as a criticism because I don't think that's what they were going for. You know, as we said, yeah. they were going for something that almost that was very flat. It kind of reminded me in a lot of ways of of like Mary Blair from Disney. If you see yeah, some, of I was her, gonna you know, say Peter some of Pan. her work. Yeah. And, I, and I feel like a lot of Peter Pan mm -hmm. with them going to this island. And, yes. And there's these exactly. magical creatures. These and creatures. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I, I think that... It, uh, I think it'll be really. Uh, I think it'll be a favorite. I think a lot of families will. I think really a lot of families enjoy. are going to enjoy it. It's so family friendly and mm -hmm. just it's lovely. The um, again, not so. The right, you know, Meg. I'm calling like oh, I'm on this first name basis with her or whatever. You know, but anyway, <laughs> she was saying just because I don't I don't want to I keep butchering her last name, but she was was saying too that. They had to develop this additional plot because you know it's just kind of this really simple story about mm -hmm. the island sinking and all that. That was not part of the book, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, I mean, and I understand it, but also again, and also I think that's I think the problem of adapting children's books into feature films uh, that when you have to add all this stuff, does it really help it? I don't know, uh, mm -hmm. but. Re regardless, it, it it was it was very cute, and I was very happy mm -hmm. to have a chance. And great to see voice it. cast. I think people will really enjoy it. It's a very one of my favorites of 2022. To be honest, yeah, it's a good film. I, I really liked it. Okay, so then we had you saw a short film, Summer Ghost. Well, it was yeah, 40 minutes, but, oh, okay. but still, <laughs> they're calling it as short. <laughs> <laughs> called featurette maybe you might yeah a featurette i think would have been a better a better name but uh called summer ghost and it's anime so so uh the the um the uh director he goes by the name lone drow i've never heard uh -huh. of him before he's also yeah. been an illustrator have you heard of I lone drow no i never have yeah and also all over case so that's how, you know, he spells his name, L-O-U-N-D-R-A-W. Um, so I don't know what his actual name is. Maybe it's, you know, some kind of thing. But, you know, he's, 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 he's this artist from Japan. He was there. Yeah. Uh -huh. And the this short film actually came out in 2021, but the festival committee decided to screen it at the festival, which I'm glad they did. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, because it was, it was very, it, you know, thanks to you, I, I, just, I just appreciating anime more and more. And so I enjoyed seeing this on the big screen. It's it's this supernatural uh, story about growing up, basically, and somebody dies, and there's a lot going on. Even even with the short film, it was kind of convoluted. Plus, it was also it was with subtitles. Um, but anyway, I was happy. I was happy to see it. It didn't. I, I don't believe it was in competition either. Because uh, again, it was it was older. I just think they were able to maybe just be able to get the, get the artist or get the director there, and and it was cool for him to be able to screen it at this festival. Yeah, you know, and, cool. and help help an American audience mm -hmm. uh, see it. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. Have and you seen you it or heard of that at Rachel? I, Do you know? I, Have you heard? No, it sounds 
vaguely familiar yeah. uh, Summer Ghost. I feel like maybe I've seen it maybe on Twitter or people, because yeah, I have a bunch of anime uh, friends in the anime community. Uh, I feel like I've heard it somewhere, but, uh, but you know, nothing much. So that's cool. I'll have to look yeah. for it. So, um, okay. So that was my Saturday. Summer Ghost yes. was the last film I saw. Okay. On Saturday. And then, so Sunday, you had Tatina. Yes. Which is Norwegian film, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I was able to see this. I got Yay. a screener. So thank you to the to the uh, distributor, the PR guy. He was kind enough. Help me out. Um, and this is basically about the Norwegian explorer Roald Amundsen, uh, and and then this uh, Italian engineer. Umberto Nobile, who built an airship uh, to uh, to go to um, the North Pole. Yeah. And it's all told through their little dog, Titina. Yeah, Umberto adopts yeah. his little dog named Titina. And yeah, it is fun that it's told through, basically through Titina's eyes, this, this, uh, this experience. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Sergeant Stubby. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's what I was thinking of when I was watching. It. Yeah. So <laughs> like, they don't I'm going to talk to Rachel about this. <laughs> they don't anthropomorphize the dog. Thank goodness. Yeah. Just like that was thinking. a good. That was a good. Yeah. I think a good creative choice. And they work in uh, real pictures and things of the real explorers in the North Pole and stuff, which is fun. And overall, I just thought it was super cute. I it was it was just it was it was really an enjoyable film to watch, uh, mm-hmm. on, you know, at the festival. Uh, the director, uh, and I'm uh, you know so sorry about my pronunciation, Kajasin. Uh, mm-hmm. well, I don't know how you how you how you pronounce that race, yeah, but no, she was there know. along with one of uh-huh. the producers, and it was so wonderful just to hear her talk about it. You know, this has been a labor of love. It's been a long journey uh, for them to try to make it. It was produced in. Norway and in Belgium, and uh, I, I just anyway, super, really enjoyed it, and I'm hoping that this film is going to come to be able to get distributed in the U.S. in some way, if not on, it really on a streaming should. platform. It's, it's so sweet. I think a lot of families would enjoy watching it. I do too. Yeah. And and they and then what I like about it too is they, you know, the director was very clear about this, and they as well as, well as how they presented it in the film. They. This is mostly true. I mean, the video is, is not like they're not like trying to you know be completely truthful. They're not they're trying to be mm-hmm. dishonest. It's just they're you know I, yeah. It's for you know they have to adapt it for for uh, for mm-hmm. film. And but I, I love I love the animation. It was beautiful. It's be- beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. And yeah. and really a compelling story. And and Tatina was so cute. So cute. Yeah. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarkie in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. All right, so then you got to see Little Nicholas, and this is the one I'm kicking myself for because I, I did have a screener, and I. Uh, I'm so sorry you get this, and I hope you'll get to because it's 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 terrific. This was this was my favorite film of the festival. Yeah, oh, and it also man. took the grand jury prize. Oh really? Too. Yeah. Well, I'm really looking forward to it, and I'm going to keep e- emailing that distributor. Yeah, I hope you can <laughs> see it, and I hope uh, and I hope again that we're going to get to see it. You know they're going to get distributed in the U.S. Yeah. somehow if they're going to yeah. uh, put well, tell it. Tell us about it. So, um, little Nicholas or Le Petit Nicolas, there's my you know, my French for the day. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he in real life is is a very popular 
uh, comic character, like you know, comic strip or comic book, or he's 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 a a beloved character in France. The it reminded me it was created in the 1950s, and reminded me honestly of like Peanuts in the U.S. Little Nicholas is like the main character, and he's got parents. And then it just goes about, you know, just his adventures, going to school, going to summer camp, you know, mm. hanging out with his friends and whatnot. He's a little mischievous, but but it's just it was just adorable. And so this film, though, what was so interesting about it to me is that it it not only told multiple little you know stories of you know, of little Nicholas, you know, on on film. That I guess stories that people are already familiar with and that they like. Mm-hmm. That also is the story about the two creators. So uh, the, the Little Nicholas was created by uh, an artist named Jean Jacques Sempe, and then it was written by an, an, uh, a writer named Rene Gossini. And Rene Gossini also was involved with with the uh, Asterisk comics. Mm. Does that ring a bell? I'm, I think I'm saying it right. Uh, I feel like I've heard of that. It's like A S T E R I X, I think. Um, yeah, and uh, it's a comic book series that has like these um, Vikings, or like this one character you know that's got like a Viking helmet. And anyway, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing Asterisk a lot. Like, I think it was popular as popular throughout Europe. I think I remember seeing it in Italy. Well, you know, when I lived in, in Italy during um, my missionary yeah. days. But anyway, no, I'm not necessarily that familiar with the characters, but this but this writer was also involved with Asterisk. Uh, um, and But it's it's done in, in, in this gorgeous 2D animation. It actually kind of reminded me of the way when, um, with, with the Winnie the Pooh mm. uh, shorts, as well as with that 2011 feature, how... Yeah, it looks kind of like... Comes to life on the page. Too, ...to me. What's that? I'm sorry. It kind of no, it just it looked kind of like Ernest and Celestine to yeah. me. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And and so it's and it's set in Paris and it's really it's 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 an optimistic film. Mm-hmm. And just and it and just just goes for for charm and and there's some stuff that's a little a little serious in it, but it's it's not heavy. It it was just it was just like taking a, you know, a, a trip to France for 90 minutes mm-hmm. and, and was just, it could not have been more delightful. I just, I just can't say enough about this film. Oh, is it set in modern era? It's more set. Well, no, it's set. Yeah. You know, it's set around the time that, that, uh, this little, this character was created. So in, the, in like oh, okay. the 1950s. Okay. Cool. I'll definitely keep an eye out for yeah, that. Yeah, so I definitely, and I hope I'm not overselling it, but it did win the Grand Jury Prize there. And it also, I think, won won the Cristal Award at, at the Annecy Film Festival mm, earlier in the year. This is a lot. So a lot. I think, I think you know, it's it's really, it's just it's just a terrific film. Loved it, well, loved it, loved it. I wish I could, exciting. I hope I could see it again. That seems like one of those movies that could. You know, there's always this in, that like indie that sneaks in to the yes. um, Oscars that people yes. are like, What's that? And we're all like, Yay! I know. <laughs> people who know. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but then you saw the last one was Aurora Sunrise. Yes. Uh, so, so this is interesting. This, yeah, this is such an interesting film. And again, reminded me of some of the stuff that we've watched. Uh, for for indie animation mm-hmm. or obscure animation uh, because it's it's a documentary uh, that uses uh, it's I guess you know a hybrid or or multimedia it uses a lot of animation but it also uses some film footage and some photographs and whatnot and the animation style is very uh, distinct uh, you know very distinctive and also what was interesting is this. Next to Wendell and Wild, this was the most crowded film that I saw. And part of that was because there is a really, there is a very, uh, I guess, energized and connected Armenian community in Los Angeles. So a lot of these people that were there, like the people who were sitting next to me, they weren't necessarily film people or animation people, but they were Armenians. Mm. 
mm-hmm. coming to support this support this film. So what it's what it's about is there there's a there's a woman a true you know in real life mm-hmm. named Aurora uh, Mardigania. She was born in 1901 in Armenia. She died in 1994, but she she was a survivor of the um, Armenian genocide that happened during World War One, and it's where I believe it's I think it was the Turks. But I, uh, but anyway, it was I mean not unlike the Holocaust, you know, where where uh, if you were Armenian, you got gathered up and you pretty much got killed, and so this woman. Uh, named Aurora, she, and I think she had a different name, but Aurora was the name she, 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 she is able to stay alive, but just barely, you know, and she gets, she gets raped and abused by the soldiers and all this just horrific stuff has happened to her. And it's again, based, uh, it's based, I, sorry, I just don't think I mentioned this. Aurora Martiganya made, did an oral history of this, mm-hmm. which is is a part of the record. I think it might be at like a USC or something. But uh, anyway, I, I saw some of it on on YouTube as I was trying to learn more about you know the this film and 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 and, and also the horrible the horrible history of it. But this documentary is is so compelling. Uh, Aurora finally gets over to America, and Amer- and and she gets discovered by some Hollywood producer and they literally make a film about the Armenian genocide starring her. And, and, uh, they, they use that as like a propaganda film to show Americans what's, 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 you know, what was happening there and, and to help, help the cause of the Armenians. And so, uh, it's, I felt like it was a very important film what I what I think is has happened, Rach, is that uh, um, that Armenia has submitted this film to the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences as their oh, film for yeah. you know to be considered for a, a international film Oscar, mm-hmm. uh, and then it'll be interesting to see what happens with it in you know within the animation community. Because I think that Waltz with Bashir. Yes was also nominated for best international yeah it's um, very and, it, it reminds me very much of that and, and i'm so sorry i forget the name of the one of that we watched about uh the texas shooting oh yeah tower tower yeah tower and then flea last year yes of course. yes um then there's also i can't think of the name but there was the um uh the mountain climbing one that was also last year oh right um and uh, and then there's, uh, I mean, of course, Marcella Shell was a mockumentary, or not mockumentary, but a faux documentary. Yes. Um, so, and then remember we saw that uh, movie Funan. Yeah. Yeah. About the uh, about the Cambodian genocide. So I really like that we're seeing this more in animation. We're seeing this kind of mixture of of uh, documentary and uh, and animation. So the director, her name is Ina uh, Sayakin. Mm-hmm. She professionally makes live action documentaries and then decided to, wanted to pursue this project and they just thought that animation could be a way to more effectively tell this story. And mm-hmm. the, the animation is really quite stunning. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's a heartbreaking, horrible a horrible story. Yeah, yeah. They ended trying to make it, you know, kind of more hopeful in nature. But uh, I think clearly the Armenian community was very moved by it. You know, by their their reaction in the screening. Yeah. And I mean, and I was very moved by it. I yeah. was very I was very affected by it. I thought I thought it was an excellent film. And again, just so happy I could I could see it. The last two choices, Rach, it was either this one. Or I believe it's called Unicorn Wars, oh, which is a anime? film from Spain. Which oh, no. it's 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 an anti-war film that uses kind of like cute cartoon characters, but they like I think it's super violent. Oh, okay. and and uh, I don't know if it's if it's any good or not. I just decided to pick this other one more out of <laughs> I don't know because I think they were which both he- they were both heavy. <laughs> yeah, they were both heavy. Uh, 
but I, th- I was happy yeah. to make make this choice and and hopefully, you know, broaden my horizons about this really horrible. Very interesting. Yeah, it was a very interesting film, and you know, I I, I would recommend it to you because because mm-hmm. I think, you know, that you, you you'd appreciate. I can't say it's necessary for everyone, right? Given given the heavy subject matter, but. Well, Thank you so much for doing this and for sharing your experience. And uh, we can all live vicariously through you. (laughs) You're nice to listen. Thank you (laughs) for including me on this. And uh, that's such a wonderful festival. Kudos to the team. They did a very nice job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, if you were able to attend, if you're listening and you were able to attend the festival, would love to hear your thoughts on these different projects, or maybe if you saw something we didn't talk about, would love to hear your thoughts in the comment section or on Twitter. And uh, Stanford, how can people find you? On Twitter, I'm at Stanford Clark, and I have a movie podcast and blog at moviespastandpresent.com. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Check that out. Also, make sure you check out the Hallmarkies podcast. I did five interviews last week. Rachel! Five. Five interviews plus plus other stuff so it it's really i'm super proud of it i love it um so please take a look and and here's some interviews from interesting people uh so check it out over there and you can look at our our whole playlist of all our different indie and uh and talking animation episodes i'll put a link to that in the uh in the description so thanks so much everybody and we'll talk to you later bye bye